a few fears, but he said, God, you delivered me from all my fears. In fact, you didn't leave one of them there, God. You delivered me from every last one of them. And God will do the same thing for us if we will ask him. He will deliver us from everything that's trying to torment you. He will deliver you from everything that will try to bring fear up in your life. God will deliver you. You're now in June to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Billerica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. I believe that today's message will help us to have a greater appreciation, respect, and to help us to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe it will add value to his birth. I believe as we gain more knowledge and understanding of his birth and how critical it is to our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, it will shed light on the Christmas season in a matter that will bring happiness and wholeness. How many agree that God came to give us life and life more abundantly? Today I want to deal with two feelings or emotions that will try to come and rob us of enjoying and celebrating the Christ in Christmas. Loneliness and isolation. You can, t you can call them the thief, the Grinch, or whatever, but they both try to rob us of the joy of Christmas. Now, loneliness is a feeling and emotion that can come upon any person, regardless if they're male or female, educated or lack education, rich or in need, it doesn't matter if you're married or single, neither does it care if you're young, middle-aged, or a bit older. Loneliness has no age limitation or restriction. It can impact a person's mental health. Isolation, loneliness, feelings of rejection and abandonment can cause hurt and harm to our spiritual as well as our mental health. See, mental health is not and illness. Mental health involves our emotional, mental, and social well-being. In other words, my mental well-being, my emotional health, as well as my psychological health, health needs to be at a safe place. I need a sound mind. My family needs a sound mind. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. My Children need a sound and a healthy mental state, lest the devil try to ease in mental illness and mental disorders, spirits and forces that would try to take control of the mind and the person. Jesus came so that we could have a positive and productive mental health. He desired for us to be happy and whole. I'm grateful that Jesus came so I can think better, talk better, and make better decisions on a day-by-day -day basis. If you don't mind, turn with me to the book of 3 John, chapter 2. 3 John, chapter 2. 3 John is in the back of the Bible, not John, chapter 3, but 3 John, right before Jude. 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. 
I pray that you prosper. I pray that you're, you're advanced. I pray that you're successful and progressive in all things, in your finances, in your relationships, in your business, in your spiritual growth and development. I pray that you're successful and progressive in all things, and also to be in health, to be sound, to be made whole, to be made well, just as your soul prospers, just as your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper or get better. I need to trust God with my mental health and that he will make me whole and healthy spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, physically, and such like. And I want him to do it through my, make my body well, my soul well, and my spirit well. Because he will cause me to be better and experience better things as long as my soul continues to prosper. Remember, he does, this, does not want just one part of your life to prosper. He wants your body to prosper. He wants your soul to prosper. And he wants your spirit man to prosper. Mental illness is a wide range of mood, behaviors, and thinking that includes depression, high levels of anxiety, eating disorders, addictive behaviors, and such like. Mental illness left unchecked can lead to a lack of hope, despair, and thoughts and acts of suicide. Failure to care for my mental health can cause an open door for mental illness. Again, God wants your body, soul, and spirit to prosper. But if you leave that soul unchecked, it can run across some problems along the way. In the church, we must be aware of both, which is why knowing about loneliness and isolation are very important. And I mean loneliness and isolation without Jesus. Loneliness and isolation without Jesus. Even more so, knowing that we have a God who loves us and came on the earth to defeat, defeat loneliness, isolation, and other negative feelings and emotions is a reason to celebrate our King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For people that deal with loneliness will tell you that loneliness is real. Whether you're 10 or 12, missing your best friend, 25 or 30, looking for a friend, or 60 or 70, loneliness can try to creep in. Loneliness is not reserved for holidays or special days. An individual can feel alone at any time and at any place. They can be in a crowd and still feel alone. In my opinion, it's a good practice to be aware of our friends, loved ones, our sisters and brothers in Christ during holidays such as Christmas, special events, and other areas because these, our thoughts can be bombarded with people who are no longer with us, people who have walked out on us, and those that have abandoned us. Thus, loneliness tends to not travel alone. It comes with rejection, regret. Anger, resentment, abandonment, for being forsaken, depression, and so forth can become travel partners of loneliness. Loneliness can be defined as feelings or emotions that come when our needs for social contact or social interaction is not met. 
See, loneliness is synonymous with words like isolation, solitude, seclusion, and so forth. And when loneliness gets really intense, alienation and withdrawal begin to kick in. See, alienation says I'm lacking the social support that is needed to help me to feel connected. And as believers in God's church, we must make sure that we are not alienating people directly or indirectly because we don't want to be bothered with them. They are not our friends. They are different than us. We haven't known them as long, whatever other reason we may have. Lest we become instruments of the enemy and the flesh to use to hinder people from feeling connected in God's house as well as connected to God's people. Again, let me say that again. We want, we want people to be connected to God's house as well as connected to God's people. And most importantly, we want them connected to God. See, loneliness is real, and it's important that we understand how it is the opposite of being connected. And as mature Christ-minded believers, we need to go above and beyond to make sure that people feel welcome, loved, and connected to God, his word, and his people. But my immaturity shows up when I intentionally do things to isolate others. See, connections will go away with loneliness. Now, what's connections? Connection says I have a relationship with a person, a group of people, and so forth. Connections can be described as an, as an affiliation or an attachment. And connections are important. And the most important connection I have is with Jesus. That's the most important connection I can have is with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. For he says he will never leave me nor forsake me. And as much as I need to make others feel connected, I also need to make sure I'm not going to isolate myself from God, his word, or his people. See, immaturity will cause me to isolate myself from God and his word. It will cause me to separate from God. It will cause me to withdraw from God. And I find a petty reason to separate myself from God. In fact, I don't believe there's no good reason to be separated from God in my personal opinion. Isolation, listen, you may, listen, I may be isolated from a job, isolated from or separated from a person or a thing, but I can never be isolated from God. That is not an option. How many agree that's not an option? Isolation can involve many behaviors, little or no communication with others, staying home for long periods of time for no reason, having no access to certain people or groups of people, refusing to get involved but rather decide to watch from a distance. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Isolation and loneliness can become destructive feelings and emotions when it comes to our spiritual growth and development. But thank God we serve a God who is all-powerful, who can defeat isolation and loneliness. In fact, he did it once and he continues to do it. He, he is a God who has defeated it despite what the enemy will try to get us to believe. 
See, loneliness and isolation are not new emotions. They've been here on the earth for years. And the enemy will, the enemy as well as our flesh have used them to hinder us from experiencing God's best in our lives. David, a man after God's own heart, had, was a person that I believe went through a few emotional challenges in his life. I believe that David wrote many of the Psalms as a man of experience, and his writing was personal to him. In fact, let's go and look at one of his writings in the book of Psalms, chapter 34. The book of Psalms 34. Let's go there real briefly. Psalms 34. Well, I want to look at verses 1 through 4, but also I want to focus in on verse 18. So Psalms 34, in fact, this, while you're getting that, let me say this. In fact, this psalm begins with a powerful and familiar verse that many of us are learning to speak over our lives, especially during difficult times. Verse 1 will help us to deal with loneliness and isolation, and verse 18 gives us more power to handle both of them so they will not handle us. Psalms 34 and 1 reads as follows. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Notice this. I will bless the Lord. I will celebrate God. I will kneel down to the Lord at all times. His praise, his adoration, his songs of praise shall continually be in my mouth. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Whether I, you like me or not, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Whether I get a gift or don't get a gift, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Whether I get a raise or don't get a raise, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. For his praise shall continually be in my mouth. A continuous, nonstop, perpetual praise and celebration of God will give no time for loneliness and isolation or any of the friends to cause havoc of my feelings and emotions. Why? Because I'm blessing the Lord at all times. Anytime I bless the Lord at all times, I'm recognizing his presence in my life. I'm saying, you're right here, God. You never leave me nor forsaken me, God. And I love you for that. I had to remember to ask the Holy Spirit to teach me how to bless the Lord at all time and to praise him nonstop despite what it looks like or what it feels like. See, a verse like Psalms 34 and 1 will cause confusion and chaos in the enemy's camp. He can't use his tricks and his traps like loneliness and isolation to bring me into captivity. No doubt David realized this when he was dealing with and Bimbalak during the time that he wrote Psalms 34. In fact, let's look at Psalms 34, verse 1 through 4. And let me say this, while you're reading this, I want you to remember that when David wrote this at a time, he was trying, he was pretending to be mad at, around Abimelech. And why? Because he was trying to escape somebody. And so when he was trying to escape somebody, he got over toward Abimelech. And when he got there, he pretended to be mad. But one thing about it, he had to have a countermeasure to counteract 
him pretending to be mad. And so notice what he says here in Psalms 34, 1 through 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. David had a few fears, but he said, God, you delivered me from all my fears. In fact, you didn't leave one of them there, God. You delivered me from every last one of them. And God will do the same thing for us if we will ask him. He will deliver us from everything that's trying to torment you. He will deliver you from everything that will try to bring fear up in your life. God will deliver you if you will ask him. The word shapes and forms and helps us to get our thinking, talking, attitude to be more Christ-minded rather than worldly-minded, especially when dealing with feelings and emotions like isolation and loneliness. And we can see how the Lord gives us his word to deal with any and all things that will hinder or harm our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. This Christmas, we're embracing the God that is with us. My happiness is based on who he is and not what others are saying and doing around me. See, family and people were close to us can cause us to feel some kind of way, directly or indirectly, especially during the holidays. And before we know it, we're not celebrating the Christ in Christmas, but busy trying to settle disputes. Men hurt feelings and make peace in the midst of chaos. Families can have us so worked up to the point that we might say, forget the ham, the dressing, the cake, the pies, the people, the gifts, etc. Let me fix me a bologna sandwich and watch TV. Mmm. But the issues, the moves, and disharmony can cause us to lose sight on the fact that God is with us. He's bigger and greater than the chaos that may come up around us. In fact, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says this, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And I thank God for that. Now, as we go back to Psalms 34, let's look at verse 18. It says this, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. So the Lord is near. He's close to those who have a broken or a shattered or a crushed heart. And when, I, when I'm dealing with a broken heart, a heart that is filled with estranged grief, sorrow, and sadness, I must know that the Lord is near me. He has not forgotten about me. He understands what I'm dealing with. This broken heart is nothing new to God. God understands a broken heart better than any human or psychologist. He knows how to deal with a broken heart. And see, life has a way of bringing on things that causes our heart to, be, to break sometimes. And there are many things that can cause brokenness in people. Things like sickness, disease, death, divorce, st strained marriages, strained relationships, a career, a job, a school, business, financial distress, whatever it is, it can cause a strain in the relationships. 
But regardless of what caused the broken heart, the Lord promises to be near me according to Psalms 34 and 18. And the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. He promises to be near me, close to me, and he's coming with a purpose. In the latter part of that verse, he says, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. He is going to deliver and give victory to such who have a contrite trite spirit. Those who have a crush are destructive spirit. So if you ever get crushed, you ever get uh, your spirit that destructive, then you have a God that can deliver you. You have a God that can give you victory. You have a God that can mend the broken heart. And he knows how to do it better than anybody. He comes to be near us and to save us from that contrite spirit, that contrite spirit that tries oppression, depression, high levels of anxiety, eating disorders, thoughts of suicide, and thoughts of cutting myself, thoughts of doing all types of things to myself that are not godly, things that come to destroy me mentally, emotionally, and such like. God knows how to fix the brokenhearted. I have to know that this verse is true and God is with me. He is here to save me from things that are trying to crush and destroy me. And let me say this to you. You haven't lived long enough till you have things tried to crush you or destroy you. And I say this to you, and when things try to crush you or destroy you, nobody knows what's going on in your mind but you do. You could be in the midst of a group of people like this, but your mind could be going through all types of challenges. You could be, listen, you could be looking at me, but you're not hearing me because your mind is being bombarded by the enemy. But I tell you, there's a God who is more than enough, who can deliver you from every crush, who can deliver you from every strain, who can bring you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he, he, mm, he has never lost a battle. Are y'all following me here? We have a God who understands our challenges and loves us despite what we're dealing with. And see, God understands every now and then you're going to deal with a broken heart every now and then. You ain't lived long enough till you've had to deal with a broken heart or two along the way. But God has a remedy, a remedy that works every time. In fact, let's look at another time where David went through another situation. Let's go to Psalms 25, 16 through 17. Psalms 25, 16 through 17. We see another example of God helping our emotional challenges. So we have a God who understands our challenges and loves us enough and is powerful, powerful enough to help us and to make us better. In fact, we see this in Psalms 25. I'm going to read 16 and 17 to come back and talk to you a little bit about it. Psalms 25, 16 and 17. Turn Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. So you see here, he says, turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate. I am in solitary place. I am afflicted. In other words, I've got pain and I'm dealing with suffering. See, you can be alone, but you don't want to be afflicted and alone. Anytime you are desolate 
and afflicted, you need God to help you along the way. And I like what David says here. He says, I'm desolate, I'm solitary, I'm by myself, but not only am I by myself, I am afflicted. I've got pain and suffering going on in my life. To, des- to, me, to, de- to, me, to, to be desolate means deserted of people and in a solitary place, a lonely place. Afflicted has to do with pain, suffering, and times of difficulties. But he goes on to say in verse 17, the troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. And I don't know about you, but I've lived long enough that a trouble can start off small, but the more you think about it, and let's face it, some of us even worry about it, they get larger. And see, worry feeds that type of situation. See, worry, if you feed worry with trouble and trouble and worry together, it's your problem going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the thing is, you got a God that will bring you out of your distress. You got a God that will bring you out of your strain and the thing that will distress you. That's what God, David is requesting help in the time where he's lonely, hurting, and in pain. In fact, it appears that the troubles come from within were getting bigger and heavier on his heart. Problems can seem bigger and overwhelming when we think that we're dealing with them alone. Well, you think you're dealing with a problem alone, that problem can become bigger than what it really is. That's why you need a God that is bigger than your problem to deal with the situations in your life. And at times we may have Excuse me, we may have been the person to isolate ourselves. And see, I think one thing we see here that David was isolating himself when God was saying, don't isolate yourself from me because I can help you with your problems. So David said, hey, hey, I'm not going to isolate myself. I may isolate myself from everybody else, but I need to be with God. And God, will you take away this stress from my life? And you ain't live long enough to you have to ask God to take away stress from your life. And let's face it, stress comes many times because we put it upon ourselves. Sometimes people can do it, but sometimes we allow people to do it. And that's not a good place to be in. David had to remember that God was with him because in the latter part of this verse, he asked the God who promised to be with us, the God who is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing, who can do anything except fail to bring me out of my distress. And I believe the Lord will do the same thing for us today if we will ask him. You dealing with something stressful? Ask God to bring you out of it. Thank you, God, for doing it to me. And let me say this to you. His answer works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to handle stress on my own, but I found out the only thing that works every time, all the time, is doing it God's way. Woo! That's a, therefore, he said, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, even in the New Testament, we also find the Lord is going to help the brokenhearted in Luke 4 and 18. So let's go to Luke 4 and 18. We saw a couple of instances where David was at, but let's also look at the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. 
the Bible says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I just want to pick up one point in here that he has sent me to heal or make whole the brokenhearted. Those that have excuse me, been shattered, that lost strength because of what they have been dealing with. God says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to specifically heal the brokenhearted. He knew that some of us were going to experience broken hearts at some point in our life. Yet he already prepared, pr prepared and provided a remedy for our brokenness. And the Lord's remedy works when we apply it mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and so forth. His remedy includes his word, his spirit, his church, and so forth. And his nature is revealed in his remedy. His power and authority is in his remedy. His sovereignty and resources are in his remedy. And let me say this to you, God, God's remedy works. It works every time. God got a remedy that cannot fail because God is a God of more than enough. He came to forever be with us. His desire is to live in us, to deliver us, to protect us, and to prosper us. He wants to be our ultimate influencer, our guide, and our way maker. See, when Jesus came to earth, he is our kinsman redeemer, one who can relate to what we deal with as humans. He, that's for he sent his word to heal us. He sent his word to encourage us. He sent his word to strengthen us. He sent his word to inform us and to give us insight on how to navigate through life. The ups, the downs, the sideways, and every which way it is. So therefore he tells us, I am with you. I'm with you. In fact, let's go back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, and we'll start at verse 18. The Bible says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So, notice this, that before, just give me, before Mary and Joseph came together, Mary was promised, betrothed means to promise, and this is what, they didn't really do marriage ceremonies like we do here today, but he, she was promised to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Y'all remember what they did to people back then who was caught in the act of adultery? They would stone them. So, but he wanted to put her away secretly or privately. And so you must understand something. I believe when you read this that Mary had told Joseph what had happened, but, you know, Joseph had to think about that thing. He had to think about that thing. He said, you pregnant and, I, and, and, and the Father is the Holy Spirit? He said, oh, Lord, what is up with this right here? 
And so he had to think about that thing. And so, but while he thought about these things, in verse 20, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So think about this. He's thinking about this all, I don't know how long he thought about it. We don't know how many days he thought about it. But we know one day he went to sleep and the angel came to him in a dream. And, and, and the angel said this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. One word for afraid is don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife. Now, I want you to look at else what happened in the dream because the dream is interesting to me. Not only did, did Joseph, excuse me, did the Lord give Joseph direction, he also gave Mary and the family direction. He says this, and she shall bring forth a son. Notice it's all in the same dream. And you shall call his name Jesus. Verse 21. Oh, glory be to God. For he will save his people from their sins. Oh, we thank God for Jesus today. For the Bible says he will save. He's going to deliver people from the penalty of sin. He's going to rescue people from their own destruction. And I thank God he's doing that today because I was a sinner that needed God to rescue me. And I thank God that Jesus came to rescue me from my sins. Those he didn't came to he didn't come to leave me in my sin. He come to rescue me from my sin. That means he come to take me away from the thing that's bringing destruction and havoc in my life. And I appreciate Jesus doing that. But in this dream, Joseph heard all of this going on. He, he said he's going to save his people from their sins. Oh, I like the fact he's going to save us from my sin. He knew we needed a Savior. And see, one thing, listen, if you're going to get saved, you got to realize you need a Savior. You got to realize you need somebody to bring you out of the mess you get yourself into. You got to realize I can't save myself from my sin. I need Jesus to save me from my sin. And he's the only one that can save me from my sin. For he was the spotless Lamb of God that died back on the cross at Calvary. And he rose with all power in his hand. Why? Because he saved us from our sins. Oh, I appreciate Jesus coming, praise God. And see, I don't know exactly what day his birth was on. It could have been December 25th, September 25th, October 25th. I just know this, he came. And I celebrate his birth. I celebrate the fact that he came through a virgin named Mary. I celebrate the fact that he came, amen, because he need, I needed a savior. I needed a deliverer. Not only did I need one, I had to have one. Because I could not save myself from violating God's law. I couldn't save myself from wandering from the path of righteousness. I couldn't save myself. So Jesus came. And Joseph, see, he, excuse me, Joseph had a dream. Oh, he had a dream. So in verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son. Oh, behold, see, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son. 
and they shall call his name. They should give him a title, his name, his authority, and his deeds. Notice what his name is going to be called. One name is many names, but one name is called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. No longer isolated, no longer by myself. God with us. When I go to school, God is with me. When I go to work, God is with me. When I go to church, God is with me. When I get in my car and ride up and down the road, God is with me. And then notice what he said, God with us us. No longer isolated. No longer rejected. Yeah, you might not be with me, but he's never leave me nor forsake me. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. God will never leave you nor forsake you. And I thank God, God is with us. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he is with us. Oh, I appreciate the fact you're with me, God. I can go everywhere. I can do a lot of different things. People may leave me. Relationships may be funny. But God is with us. And as we celebrate this particular Christmas day, it's good to know we got Emmanuel. 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 I'm talking about Emmanuel. When you go to work, Emmanuel. When you go back home, Emmanuel. When you pray, Emmanuel. When you sing songs of praise, when you bless the Lord at all times, it is Emmanuel. Lord, when you ride them down the road, when you challenging your body, it's good to know Emmanuel. Lord, when they're talking funny on your job, it's good to know Emmanuel. When the business is not going the way you want it to, it's good to know Emmanuel. When you're prospering beyond your wildest imagination, it's good to know Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. No longer isolated. No longer alone. Because why? God is with me. God is with me. Yeah, I know you may act funny on me, but I got God with me. Yeah, I may be dealing with something, but God is with me. He is with me. God with us. I may be dealing with some lonely stuff. I may be going through some times where I'm missing this, that, and the other. But yet, I still got God with me. I've got God with me. And yeah, I know it's not easy. Some, 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 some Christmas are more are tougher than others. But let me say this to you. God is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I like what Hebrews 13 and 5 backed it up. He said, you know, I'll never leave you. You know, I'll never forsake you. You know, I know you're dealing with some stuff, but I'll be with you. You know what I love about God? Even when I'm not the most holiest person, even when I don't pray like I need to, you know one thing I've learned? The person who calls me to repent is God with us. Oh, repentance comes when God is with you. When you ask God to forgive you because he's with you. Oh, that, that, the, the spirit of God began to deal with your heart. Hey, he's with me. He never leave me nor forsake me. That's the reason I want to think and talk and act better. Why? Because he's with me. I can make better decisions. Why? Because he's with me. Yeah, I can pray better because he said, hey, teach me how to pray. Oh, because he's with me. 
Oh, teach me how to give because he's with me. Teach me how to witness because he's with me. Oh, teach me how to love my sisters and my brothers. Oh, because he's with me. He never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, yeah. I need, how to, I need to know God is with me. Emmanuel, God with us. No longer isolated, no longer alone, no longer by myself, no longer. Listen, I pray. I don't know how to pray. God is with us. Oh, yeah. Listen, we may go our separate ways today, but you know who's going with you today? God is with us us. Yeah, you may go eat at your house, I may eat at my house, but one thing we'll have at our house, God is with us. You may eat green beans, I may eat a bologna sandwich, but God is with us. Why? Because he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He did too much to get go through everything he went through with Mary in order to leave you off of something foolish. I know some people say he'll he just leave, keep going back and forth, back and forth. But he says, God is with us, Emmanuel. Now, like what he says in verse 24, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. He said, listen, I know he was afraid, Joseph. I know you hesitated, Joseph, but as soon as Joseph got out of that dream, I don't know if it was 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, but he took Mary to be his wife. When you hear a word like that and you know God is with you, you should not be afraid to obey God in every area of your life because God is with you. Oh, yeah, I know the enemy may try to come and say you can't do it, but God is with you. He was with Joseph. He's with you in the blue. He's with you in the red. He's with you in the black. He's with you in wherever you go. He's with us. He's with us. He's with us. In verse 25, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. That's who's with you. That's who's with you. That's who's with you. Jesus is with you. So when you celebrate the birth of Christ, you better know Jesus is with you. Listen, I know you say, Pastor Dob, this, that. No, no, no. Jesus is with you. You know when you give, Jesus is with you. You know when you witness, Jesus is with you. You know when you go and tell, go to visit in the nursing home, Jesus is with you. You know when you go knocking on doors, Jesus is with you. You know, amen, when you start living right, talking right, acting right, Jesus is with you. Help Helping you every way, every step of the way. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is with them. Jesus is with them. How are you going to do it, Pastor Dodd? Jesus with me. Oh, he can do all things, say, fail. Listen, I, I, listen he's, he can do it seemingly, abundantly, above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He's with us. How'd you make it in 2023? Jesus was with me. How you gonna make it in 2024? Jesus is with me. How you gonna make it beyond that? Jesus is with me. I'm making it because he's with me. Oh God, he'll never leave me, don't forsake me. Let me say this to some of us who messed up along the way. Just ask God to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you. He can forgive you and help you along the way. He says this, he is a present help 
in the time of need. Psalms 46 and 1. And when he helps us, he's just showing you he's with you. Some of you riding down the road, you say, oh, that's God helping me right now. Some of you went to work. Oh, how did I make it today? Oh, God was with me. Listen, some of you came home like, whoo, walked in the house. Whoo, whoo. Jesus was with me. So, and, and, can I be real with some of us in here? And you ain't got to say amen off of this. Some of us left the house, forgot to acknowledge him in all our ways so he could direct our path. But we, you, when, the, when the day was over and you look back, oh, Jesus was with me. Some per, hey, some of us had drove from point A to point B, C, and D. Don't even know how we got there. You know Jesus was with you. You know Jesus was with you because you know you, you were thinking about everything else except driving. You know Jesus was with you. So don't you act like his word is not coming to pass in your life. You know Jesus is with us. God with us. God with us. Let's go forth and celebrate and tell others about the birth of Christ. That he came that we might be healed and made whole. Nothing missing and nothing broken. God is with us. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.